2: Michelle Smallman is on vacation. Danny Mack is in for Michelle. I'm Randy and we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. I never have a conversation with Aeneas Williams where I walk away and I'm not happier. I always am happy after I speak to the Hall of Famer who's with us now on one oh one ESPN. Good morning, Aeneas. How you doing?
0: Good morning, Randy. Come on, tell the people the truth. You're happy because Tom Brady's retired in New England, got blown out of the playoffs. That's, that's, okay. let get A- that straight first. Aeneas, I am happy
2: about that. I am. The only thing that could make me happier is what happens on Sunday. And I know that you're on the other side because your franchise is the Rams, but uh, I, I like Joe Burrow.
0: Oh, he's, he's special. I watched the young man actually before he got stardom, uh, winning that national championship, his second year as a starter, his coolness, his ability to what, to do what he's done in the playoffs, eight sacks against Tennessee, most quarterbacks, I don't care how good they are, including Tom Brady, when you hit them and you sack them that often, it impacts their uh, ability to concentrate and focus. But his coolness, Jamar Chase, selling fellow New Orleanian as well, and the running game, that's the other part. So I don't think this game will be as easy as people are predicting it would be.
2: And by the way, I I totally get, and you know that I know this, that when you're with a franchise, and especially when you go to a Super Bowl with a franchise, you build an emotional attachment, right? The people change, but the the horns on the helmet are still the same. So I, I totally appreciate Aeneas Williams and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and Orlando and the gang wanting the Rams to win this because it's part of your personal history, right?
0: No doubt. It's, it's the challenge is having – it's just like when the Rams came to St. Louis. Obviously, there are a lot of people back here in Los Angeles that were disappointed. And then when the team leaves, regardless of the circumstances, now you have a heartbroken fan base uh, back in St. Louis. And that that's just business side of it. But when it comes down to the emotional component supporting the team, St. Louis is one of the best cities – that not only supported the team when we had that great run, this unusual uh, five- to seven-year window, but also another decade when it was just perennial losing. But yet the the team was well-supported by the fan base there.
3: Aeneas, what's it like uh, for a player that Super Bowl week? So you guys fly in on, I guess it would be that Sunday or Monday, and you're in that host city and take us through what a player goes through in terms of the obligations and the things that you have to do to get ready for this big game.
0: It's, uh, it's really incumbent upon leaders who've been in that situation. Aaron down and those guys have gone to a Super Bowl, obviously lost to New England. But the big thing is because I played in a Super Bowl that we lost to the Patriots, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. It was in my hometown in a Superdome where I played high school football games. Wow. So popcorn and peanuts. The most important thing is the ability to focus and make sure these two weeks, and particularly this week going into the game, that there is an extreme amount of focus and that family members, friends, all realize that this is not a time for that player to get together, be around family. It is one of the most important times to be narrowly focused and then tell family members, we're going to party and we're going to do all of those things after this game because one of the main reasons that people fail and that's broken focus and that certainly entails a football
3: team. So I'm assuming for you then on a personal basis, it was the ability to maybe say no. Um, I'm sure you had ticket requests and, uh, you know, st- people are asking for your time and whatnot. Did you have somebody like a family member or did your agent step up and did you direct them to them and say, hey, if you want tickets, you want this, that, and the other, call this guy, call this lady, call my wife, whatever, because I need to focus on football.
0: That's the beauty of family. In, in that case, it was my father. And the beauty of family, so many times you see disagreements of people not getting along. A lot of times it's because people don't understand how important the different gifts that are in the family. My dad is a person that can love you but also tell you the truth. So having someone that I can designate, okay, dad, these conversations – And, Mom, you guys organize it. Anytime anyone texts me, anybody calls me, I'm sending them to you. And I do the same thing now as a pastor and someone that serves uh, philanthropically. I don't a lot of times respond to direct messages. I'll send it to my assistant just so I can properly be able to address whatever uh, requests I have.
2: I I was going to ask you, Aeneas, because you seem like you are genuinely a people pleaser. So it's good to have that intermediary that you can go to because you literally do want to help everybody, right?
0: I do. And one of the the most important things, uh, Randy, I am more of a God pleaser. So what that means is even though I can love somebody and I can see a situation – Give you example a family member that have repeatedly made poor decisions with their finances and then all of a sudden looking to get bailed out. I can love them and still do the right thing by them. And that's the biggest difference as it relates to leadership. And that is the ability to also not just make tough decisions for yourself, but also make tough decisions that's in the best interest of for in the best interest to another person even though they don't think it is at the time.
2: That's the sort of wisdom that you get from Pastor Aeneas Williams at The Spirit Church and uh, services there. And you can just go to thespiritchurch.org and uh, see and hear a lot of the great things that Aeneas says. Hey, Aeneas, you had a chance to practice every day against Tory Holt. He's a finalist for the Hall of Fame this year. Tell me why Tory Holt should get elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
0: One, because not only you had, obviously, uh, Isaac Bruce, you had Marshall Falk, Isaac King, Ricky Pro. But Torrey Holt had to be a guy that you had to, if there is a 1A, 1B, however people term those things, Torrey and Isaac, Torrey's ability, one of the best route runners, uh, one of the guys that had uh, tremendous uh, yards per catch, uh, his average at the top of the league, his ability to compete is not an accident that the Rams go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it's his rookie year because all of a sudden now Isaac and some of the other guys had another young guy uh, from NC State on the other side that teams needed to and had to account for. And that's what great players when it comes down to having great teams, you want to have other horses that are on the team with you. And Tory is one of the best that ever played that position.
2: Aeneas, I'm so lucky because I had a front row seat to watch those practices and to watch that group of receivers go against that Rams defense. And you guys were so competitive in those practices. It was remarkable to me because it was iron sharpening iron, right? You guys were getting ready for games against the best that the league had to offer.
0: Absolutely. I was just having a conversation out here with someone, uh, T.J. Mazana. Uh, former wide receiver with Cincinnati. And one of the things in practice, uh, Randy, and in life, it's the competitive excellence that refused to quit even though failure has occurred. There are times when uh, Isaac may have put a move on me and I've almost fallen down. Of it. Same thing with Torrey. But the willingness, regardless whether a pass has been caught, a touchdown has been received, the willingness to go back out and play with selective amnesia As if it never happened, that's the bonus of being a a Christ follower, that he didn't die for people that are perfect, but he died for people that are willing to recognize their error and respond through his generosity and forgiveness and go back and play as if you've never failed before.
3: Aeneas, give me a player that you'll be sitting there watching and you say, you know, you're watching the game. But I want to know it from your mind, your eyes, and who you watch. Who's somebody out in that that field on Sunday that you go, you know what, I'm going to really focus on this guy. I I love watching this guy play.
0: I'm glad you asked that question because I was going to bring it up later with Randy. Randy, I cannot understand what I'm seeing with Cooper Cup, (laughs) His ability, and what I mean by that, you know when he comes into the game, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, he's going to get the football. I've never seen this amazing season, Offensive Player of the Year, and all of it well-deserved, but I've never seen a guy to get that wide open when you know that he's going to get the ball. So to answer your question, I will be looking forward to see how Cincinnati has implemented a game plan to come hell or high water, make sure, if you're going to beat the Rams, that Cooper Cup does not beat you. You make Odell, the uh, other receivers, uh, beat you besides Cooper Cup. That is, He's an enigma to me because I tell you the truth, I don't understand it.
2: Hmm. It's remarkable. And here you are, a Hall of Fame cornerback, a shutdown guy. You shut down the best there was to offer while you were playing. And you're saying you can't figure it out? If you were playing quarterback, how would you go against him on Sunday?
0: And I'm saying that rhetorically. Yeah, yeah. I'm now 'cause it's I am because i do not want to be I don't want to be, hey, I'm just <laughs> a great player and I'm criticizing the current generation. The the truth is when I look at it, uh, Randy, what I'm seeing the poor techniques as relates to leverage, uh, eye placement for the defensive backs, uh, communication within the entire secondary To not only if I'm covering Michael Irvin, everybody else knows it as well and knows where he's located. I'm really speaking more to the deficit as it relates to the requirement of excellence of understanding the skill sets of a defensive back to teach a player how to make sure if a guy does beat you, he beats you away from your leverage. He beats you away from uh, where you have help. Uh, it, again, give you an example. He, he runs a post corner. If anybody doesn't know what that means, he's going and it looks like he's going to the post, and he ends up going toward the sideline. And a cornerback a is in um, one man coverage. That means he has a middle safety. I'm seeing cornerbacks play him as if he has to cover the post when a middle safety is there. And all of a sudden, you see Cooper Cup and his amazing Billy skill set to get in and out of cuts and disguise where he's going. The guys get beat. Those are the things I'm challenging, and I'm thinking about actually having, believe it or not, a camp uh, this offseason for defensive backs.
2: That's great because Tampa did both, right? They they failed on the post corner, and then they failed on the post in those last two games against Tampa Bay before they kicked the
0: field goal. He fooled them both times. And another time, he just ended up, he was wide out, and he ends up 10 yards behind the cornerback. And then you have a zero blitz. And, Randy, this is another thing. And I'm quite sure Todd Bowles, the defense coordinator for Tampa, he's probably going to be thinking about this for a while. I really think this is possibly one of the reasons Tom Brady retired. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, right. No, yeah. let, let me tell you why I say that. Hey, you, have, you guys know, you, anything you know about Tom, his, he's a perfectionist when it comes down to attention to detail. He brings the team back from probably the largest deficit in championship conference championship history. He brings them back, and now all they have to do is not just stop uh, the the Rams, but just let them, kick, uh, limit them limit them to a field goal. Then we go into overtime. Todd, Blow, Todd Bowles calls a zero blitz while the Rams are on their 40-yard line. And I'm saying to you, and I said to someone else, and it's really no knock on Todd Bowles. He did it because of something that he saw. I rarely ever, I can count on one hand how many times I've had a coach call zero coverage when a team was backed up on their 40-yard line and put a safety on the best receiver in the league with zero coverage.
3: Yeah, it is amazing. Aeneas, can you help me with something here, please? Because you're like one of the nicest guys ever. I need I need help, okay? So when Tom Brady retires last week, I'm flipping through the TV, and they're always showing you know him holding the Lombardi Trophy, and that first one against the Rams, he's like shaking his head, going, "I can't believe this has happened." You know, it, it, it had that look. I can't I can't get over it, and and I didn't play. Do you get over it? But help me here. How how do I get over this? She's better than I am at it. I
0: t- <laughs> hey guys, look. Okay, let's have a little therapy session here. Okay, Trust thank me, you. I, all right. Every now and then I'll I'll have my own therapy session, but since we're live here, I think this will help a lot. Okay, right? thank you. Hey, the the first thing is about perspective. All right? I played 10 years with the uh Arizona Cardinals. Only 1 year out of the 10 I made it to the playoffs. I come I and with a team who was the second-worst team of the decade of the 90s. They win the Super Bowl against the Titans the last year of the decade of the 90s. The next year they go into the playoffs, they lose. Uh, Azekeem fumbles a punt or something like that in the dome, they lose. Then now Coach Mike Martz, he has the job. His second year, he overhauls the defense. I now get an opportunity to come to play with some of the best guys I've ever seen, which another guy I want to shout out who should be a Hall of Fame consideration Uh, is London Fletcher. He's Mm -hmm. one of the best I've ever seen, Randy. But the other thing to answer the question, to be able to relish that we were down, I think, 17-3. Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl. What Tom did was play within the confinements that needed to take place within the Patriots to beat the Rams. What What was happening when we had that stretch? Number one, we were the number one defense as it relates to cause turnovers. That's number one. So how do you defeat that? And interceptions, I had, had, I think, three interceptions in the playoffs, Philadelphia and Green Bay. So now, limit the amount of times. Uh, Charlie Weiss told me during that game, before in the warm-up, I will not see any balls thrown my way, pretty much. And <laughs> he alluded to that. That's before the game. So what that told me was, and and the other thing I found out from Willie McGinnis, they were to take out Marshall Faulk. And wherever Marshall went, they were going to hit him and keep him from the ball. And they wanted to force us into throwing the ball, which possibly create some type of turnovers. And think about it in that game. Uh, Ty Law ran back a touchdown. And I'm, I'm breaking this down just to help you understand. I love it. This is therapy. How, yeah, how I can have proper perspective. But at the end of the day, I have a picture of when the confetti was all coming down. I was on my knees. And I was thanking God, not for the loss, but for the opportunity and that's what i learned as a proverb that says the rich and the poor meet together god is the maker of them all what i learned from that principle is he gives us all opportunities and we had an opportunity to win And the game of football nfl is different from baseball basketball hockey you don't get several games in order to win a championship you get one game and whoever is better i think the New England handed the ball. Tom handed the ball off, I think, over 40 times in that game. We came back. That's the beauty of Coach Marks and that great offense. Awesome. We knew if we just got them the ball back, we would have a shot. And what did Tom Brady do? He came out, did uh, some, some throws. Wasn't deep throws at all on that last drive. Get him in field goal possession. And now a Hall of Fame kicker, who I think will be a Hall of Fame kicker, a uh, place kicker, Adam Vinatieri. Kicked the field goal, we lose the game. So should I pout? Should I be mad? Should I be shaking my fist at God because we lost? No, we were the second best team, and I played with some of the best guys. I played with great guys with Phoenix and the Cardinals, but I played with some horses here, and I celebrate uh, that runner-up trophy as if I run the silver, won the silver in the gold in the Olympics.
3: I don't know if I should be mad at you. No, you're, but you. It's or that's you, perspective. It's great. Reliving, but I'm, but I'm really happy that you, you yeah. walked me through this. So I'm mad and I'm happy. A- but you're helping me. Yeah, this is good. Aeneas Williams <laughs> is the
2: best. Aeneas, two more quick things. Number one, how exciting is it to have Coach Lovey back on the sideline as a head coach in the NFL?
0: Yeah, I've already texted him, and just I, I'm quite sure the things he's learned in college, and he's been around a long time for Houston to give this him this opportunity. And one of the things that you saw doing the during the season, even though things didn't go well for the Texans, that defense continually got better. And I do know if, if, if Coach Levy's able to get the right office coordinator, which may be McCown, a uh, young uh, former quarterback that could help, he's going to do well. And as I said, he's had he's been to the Super Bowl. He's taken the team to the Super Bowl. Yes, it's now an offensive game. But if Coach Lovey has evolved where I, where I think he has and realized how important that office coordinator is, he should be successful.
2: And the final thing, you know, because you listen, when I say stuff here, I say it with a smile. I, I, I lead a pretty bright life. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. But if there's somebody driving down the road right now, Aeneas, tell them why they should be optimistic today.
0: They should be op- optimistic today because every day, every time, Randy, a couple of things to answer that question how important it is for us to love and work together. I don't know how many people realize it, but every time you look up and you see the sun, the root word for the word sun means together. That's the first thing. The second thing is every time we wake up, we literally wake up what I call dry cement. For those that don't understand what that means or are, are the context, when I grew up in a neighborhood, if you wanted to be famous or what, if you saw people laying cement, and what you did, you, you hid, but when they left, you had a small window of time to actually put your fingerprint in it. And I know it's mischievous and we probably shouldn't have done it, <laughs> but you can put your name in there before it dried. But once it dried, it was too late. The path is dry cement. Every time someone wakes up, they get an opportunity, no matter what they've done wrong, what somebody else done wrong, to decide what they're going to write in this wet cement today. And that every day they wake up, I don't care how old they are, I don't care how ill they are or how healthy they are. Every day they wake up, God is implying to them, I've given you another day for a purpose. And as Tom Braden would say, let's go. Let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Aeneas Williams, Professor Brandy. Hey, I gotta say
3: something real quick. Yeah. I, I called Aeneas to come and and thank you so much, Aeneas, for doing this. When you showed up to the announcement of the MLS, a soccer team coming to St. Louis, and you know we had dignitaries from the Blues, the Cardinals, the football Cardinals, and the the Rams. And people that you had never met uh, pulled me aside and said, thank you for reaching out to him, and he's one of the most impressive human beings I've ever met in my life. So I I want to tell you that publicly. Thanks for doing that, and so many people appreciated you being there.
0: And I can tell you one of the reasons I was there, I've been in contact with uh, Arthur Blank who obviously owns the Falcons, but he also owns an amazing soccer team in Atlanta that has really taken off. Every year, I get ticket invitations to go. But when the Taylor family, and particularly the first female owner, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. any MLS team, and to be there with them, and I would love at some point, I don't even know how that happened, I would love to have some kind of ownership stake, if at all possible, because I know... The game of soccer is just a matter of time before even this great game of football, and I dare say it, but because of the international population and because of the influx of people still coming to this country, even though challenges that we've had, there's still people coming from all over the world to this country because of opportunities. And the game of soccer being, uh, MLS being brought to St. Louis through the tale of family being homegrown, I am so excited. For the fan base that will not only that's there now, that will grow in the formative years of young people.
2: So well put. Aeneas, enjoy LA and we will see you soon. Thanks for being you and thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. And the therapy.
0: <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Keep up the great work. You Thank
3: you. It. Thank
2: you. We'll see you later. That's our friend Aeneas Williams, a Pro Football Hall of Famer and truly one of the great people on earth. Oh.
3: I, I don't. As Tony LaRusso would say, he's tied for first with the best people in the world. When I called him, Randy, and I have not spoken to him a lot. I mean, we know each other uh, a little bit. And I called him. I said, it'd be great to have you here. And he said, I'm so glad that you called because I want to be there. And I can't wait to meet these people. And he said, the thing that that he said at that time, he said, they're doing so much for the kids in the city Mm -hmm. that need an outlet and need help. And I want to be a part of that. And by the way. Uh, St. Louis City SC, if he wants a small ownership stake, call him.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Great guy to have on your side. Oh, boy.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.